Hi, and welcome to Conversations to Connect. I'm Fenella Hawksley, and this podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the Campaign to End Loneliness. Social isolation and loneliness are widespread and can have a huge impact on health, happiness, and overall well-being. All people of all ages need connections that matter, and on this podcast, we will be hosting conversations to share insights, knowledge, and research to inspire change and to help people feel more connected. Music is a universal language that connects us all. It can improve our emotional state, enhance our mood and create a sense of unity and togetherness that can help in reducing loneliness and social isolation. On today's episode, I caught up with Silas Armstrong from Brixton Chamber Orchestra, an orchestra that is doing just that, bringing a community together through music. Based in Brixton, London, the Chamber Orchestra is a registered charity and group of instrumentalists that provide live orchestral experiences to new audiences in unexpected venues, collaborating and playing with different artists and genres, from grime to gospel, disco to drum and bass, classical to jazz, and everything in between. They appear in the market, pubs, clubs, parks, churches, and community centres, and twice a year they tour the area's housing estates, Lambeth, performing programmes to hundreds from the local community. Hi, I'm here with Silas Armstrong of Brixton Chamber Orchestra. Silas, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. I wondered if you could explain a bit about your background and how you got involved with Brixton Chamber Orchestra. Yeah, okay. So, well, my background, I'm a, I'm a musician, singer-songwriter, and I've been living in Brixton for five, nearly six years. And I stumbled upon BCO during the lockdown. I was actually just walking through my local housing estate and I heard the sound of an orchestra and I just assumed some local resident was blasting classical music off their balcony and then I turned the corner and there was an actual orchestra just right there and I kind of couldn't believe my eyes and ears so I sat down and enjoyed some, I think it was some Beethoven or some Mozart and the next thing I know they brought a rapper out and they started doing Kano and some grime (laughs) tracks and my mind was blown and uh, yeah I just I knew I wanted to be a part of it somehow since then. So what do you do with Brixton Chamber Orchestra? So <laughs> what don't I do? Other than the being the conductor and sort of managing the the music side of things mm-hmm. is much more the management of the organization. So Brixton Chamber Orchestra is a charity first and foremost but also you know we've got commercial endeavors trying to get sponsorship and branding and marketing essentially trying to bring the money in so that we can afford to do what we do for free for the community so could you explain a bit about when and why was Brixton Chamber Orchestra set up like you said I've never seen anything like it before and it's such a cool concept combining rap grime getting people from the community to get involved and bringing a huge full piece orchestra into communities yeah it's no mean feat it's pretty it's (laughs) it's quite impressive how quickly it kind of appears and then disappears. The Brixton Chamber Orchestra was established in 2018 by Matthew O'Keefe, who is the conductor and musical director. It's his brainchild and and he's a bit of a musical genius. And essentially it was started in the first place because him and a lot of the musicians that he's connected to, his network, were all playing, you know, they're they're semi-professional or a lot of them are young professional musicians, all classically trained from Royal Academy, Royal College of Music, all living in and around Brixton and South London. But all the gigs they were getting were up at Royal Albert Hall or, you know, another sort of classical venue. And, and they just found that they were doing these same old train roads into London. They'd play these gigs, they'd get all dressed up, then they'd come back. And they went, why are there no gigs in, in our 
area why is there nothing here and you know there's an audience here that's not necessarily getting to go to these classical gigs so there was this huge opportunity of why don't we just form something ourselves and we'll start mm -hmm. making music for the people in our area instead of asking people to come into town and come and see us and pay a pretty price for it mm -hmm. actually let's do it for the people for free on their terms and on their turf that's how it all started nearly five years ago and i saw that not only do you bring concerts to the community but you also train musicians or you get musicians to be involved how does that work yes i guess it's a two-way street in terms of the charitable aim so mm -hmm. Essentially, we're trying to provide free music for the community. That's the first and foremost thing. It's about okay. attracting an audience that's less advantaged and needs that musical well-being and opportunities. And there's certainly young people from housing estates in the area that see that and pick up instruments and then years later come back and want to play with the orchestra. And we do have, there's one member, Tegan, who I got the honour of meeting when he was 14, I think, just after I joined. And he's a tuba player and there's wow. musicians in the family. And he heard BCO playing on his street and he came running up to us and said, I play tuba, like, how can I get involved? And next thing, next gig we had, we kind of, we, we put him on the gig. It was a real trial by fire audition. <laughs> and uh, he's been playing with us ever since. Wow. And he's now 16. And yeah, he's got a very bright future ahead of him. Um, so there's, there's elements of that in terms of we're reaching the community and a, a young audience mm -hmm. and an old audience. But there's also this network of musicians and everyone's connected in, in the music world. You know, that every violinist has True. a depth. <laughs> Your sister, exactly. Yeah, she's, one, she's a member of BCO. She's mm -hmm. a new member, but she's certainly going to stick with us for a bit, mm -hmm. I think, I hope. But yeah, I think every musician that gets to play with BCO, there's a certain something we look for which is that they need to be classically trained okay. so they have to be of a certain standard it's mm -hmm. not a community orchestra i think sometimes people get that mixed up that it's not that anyone can play with bco as much okay. as we love that we do have a standard that we want to maintain mm -hmm. but at the same time we've got people coming through students who are starting to graduate and they're looking for opportunities in major orchestras once you've got a seat it's yours until you drop dead basically <laughs> so there's not many opportunities for young musicians coming through to cut their teeth and get mm -hmm. some experience so that's a huge part of what we do is that we are getting giving free music for the community but paid performance opportunities for young professional musicians and and i think that's where it gets really exciting because we attract a really new breed of classically trained musicians and you combine different genres of music, which is something I loved in the, one of the performances of the Christmas Estates. You did a whole range of music. It's almost like musical education through the ages. That yeah. was one. <laughs> yeah, Christmas right. songs and rap grime. That's it. Well, I know Matthew's quite. Uh, he's got quite a good sense of humour when it comes to music. He'll he'll turn around and go, "This next piece is uh, we're going to do some dance music." from the late 17th century <laughs> and then we follow that up with an Ibiza dance medley so it's you know there really is something for everyone but also I think musically that keeps the musicians on their toes mm -hmm. there's not many orchestras that do what we do in terms of that multi-genre kind of mix and mashups and and it is exciting to hear and it's exciting to play mm -hmm. but also for the community it means that we're attracting a completely different audience to what you'd assume a, a classical leaning audience is you know mm -hmm. we do get people that come for the classical music mm -hmm. but equally we get people who just love a bit of reggae dub or the grime and drum and bass stuff on the more poppy stuff we get loads of kids and we always put some disney music in there and, and yeah, that goes down what well was, was it moana or what was the song from encanto uh, encanto yeah we don't talk about bruno yeah oh, okay. <laughs> that went down really well and it's not the first time we've done a Disney piece. We do when we did Frozen last Christmas, and the kids mm. love that. And not just the kids. I mean, I personally, I love. That. <laughs> Who doesn't love a great Disney song? I uh, think sometimes as well, classical music, the way that it's viewed, 
people sit in silence, the classical experience can be quite, not like somber, but in a way silent and people don't really dance when they listen to classical music, do you? You don't get up and move. Whereas in these performances, it just feels a bit lighter and people can dance and move with the music. We want it to be open. We don't want it to shun anyone for Mm -hmm. thinking it's something else. I think there's there's a lot of formalities in certain genres of music. Classical music is the biggest one that you think, mm-hmm. you know, everyone sits still, everyone's very polite, and at the, only at the very end do you applaud. Sometimes at the end of the Not entire gig. Not even between gig, movements. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Whereas if you go to a jazz gig, and you, people will applaud after the solo, mm-hmm. you know, so you might get three applauses in one piece of music. And so we, we try and take this, we'll play some jazz or some big band, but even if we're doing the classical stuff, if someone gets up and does a solo, we want to appreciate that individual musician, shout them out, give them applause, but also welcome people to, to get up and dance and participate and sing. And, and if they want to play, you know, if people bring an instrument along, then they're more than welcome to jump up. We love to do an open mic sort of audience participation section at the end of every show. And it's, it's completely different every gig we do because it completely depends on the audience. Uh, we've had spoken word artists in their 50s and 60s. We've had young rappers. We've had kids coming up and singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It's, you know, it's, it's really sweet. So how did the Christmas Estates tour begin? I saw that you perform around estates in South London two times a year. That's right. Essentially, that's become our flagship project. It's really, that's the, the main way that we connect with the community. We do it every summer and every winter, and it's a two-week or two-weekend tour, 12 shows across 12 different estates in Lambeth. Mm-hmm. So it's not strictly Brixton. We go okay. Stockwell, we've done Kennington, Brixton Hill up to Tulse Hill, Clapham North. Yeah, really, if there's an estate that we haven't been to yet, then it's on our list, mm-hmm. and we've, we want to play new estates every time. But also, there are, there are audiences that we've obviously built up a, a relationship with, and they want us to come back, so... Mm-hmm. So we try and sort of, it's, it's getting to the point now, into our fifth year, where it's, yeah, we, we're either going to have to extend the tour. 24 estates. That's it. Christmas. <laughs> or we're just going to be on tour all year, you know, <laughs> trying to hit all the estates. There's, there are so many pockets of South London that, that are untouched. And, and again, that's another huge part of what we do is we're trying to attract, we're performing for the people on the estates, for mm-hmm. the residents themselves. But we also want people from around the area that wouldn't necessarily step foot on a mm-hmm. local housing estate due to fear or or these kind of outdated thoughts Mm -hmm. that it's not for them or it's not their community and actually a lot of these communities are so friendly and so welcoming and music brings people together so if we can do that and be that reason that light and then everyone else is the moth to the flame comes to the music and meets all these people that are their neighbours that they would never have known about all of London not just South London is full of these private rich streets with these beautiful townhouses slap bang next to this huge council estate sort of Mm -hmm. tower blocks Another one of our charitable aims is the social inclusion of mm-hmm. bringing people together and breaking down boundaries. And yeah, what better way of doing that than with music? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously working with Campaign to End Loneliness recently, there was a study about loneliness in London and London is the loneliest city in the whole of the UK. And like you said, we're very populated people all live together, but you don't necessarily know your neighbours and you don't necessarily go to two streets away from your house people are quite socially isolated and I think something that's so great about music in general is that it does it brings people together from all walks of life and I just I love that that's what Brixton Chamber Orchestra do and the fact that you bring people together from different ages different social backgrounds I think that we need more of that to build community yeah 
Oh, and there's a huge part of building community. It really is. There's, and, and I've felt it more since I've been living in Brixton, mm-hmm. not, not just because of Brixton Chamber Orchestra. I feel that Brixton is very much a thrives on its community mm-hmm. sort of feeling. There's just this, this energy in Brixton. I mean, you, you live here too, you know about <laughs> it. Uh, you know, you walk down the street and it's, you see something different every day and, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And, and people are generally quite friendly and forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of other places in London that it's not like that. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if we could take what we do and kind of go further afield, that's something that we'd love to do. Because yeah, social isolation is is probably worse than it ever has been. Yeah. I mean, especially since the lockdowns. But technology, I think, is a huge driver behind it. We're all now more connected than ever before. And less connected. Uh, and really. yeah, because of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could just sit at home and live online and, mm-hmm. and never see anyone outdoors anymore. If that's if that's what you wanted to do, or if that's what the, the world's pressures kind of forced you to do. There's there's lots of reasons why that can happen to people that's out of their control. It's like when clubs became online and digital spaces. I think the DJ Honey Dijon was said something like, no one's ever going to say they had the best night of their life, like <laughs> dancing in front of their TV in their living room. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, you can't get that same experience. It's just not... I mean, maybe in 50 years' time when we're all in the metaverse with headsets on and there's like some sort of feeling technology. But (laughs) No, but this is it. Music brings people together and it has done for generations, for thousands of years. You know, Mm. you you think of festivals or or a kind of, I guess, any form of celebration, whether it's a wedding or a funeral or, or, you know, big sporting events, but these huge global events, they always have music. And it's it's, it's something almost tribal inside us that brings people together. Definitely. And even the act of collectively, mm. collectively listening to music and dancing, singing like you mm. see it in gospel, in churches, oh. in religious ceremonies, it makes people feel like they are part of something bigger. Yeah. Exactly. And therefore you are connected with other people and it can really remove those feelings of social isolation and yeah. loneliness. That's it. Yeah. True connectivity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that you almost you can't really describe it you just have to feel it and you're right music is the easiest way to to get that feeling Mm -hmm. from just putting yourself in a place with other people having that shared experience there's nothing else like it and enjoying the music together yeah from all ages that's it and and i think that's what i love about brixton chamber orchestra is i I, you know i kind of because i'm not playing in the orchestra Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm there at the front and i'm helping making sure everything's sort of running smoothly but I get to see the people enjoying themselves and I get to see the musicians enjoying themselves and and everyone coming together there is just such a sense of joy and togetherness and community that I've I've like you said I've, I haven't seen anything else like it and I all think I was actually speaking to a friend about this kind of the I, less people go to church nowadays we mm-hmm. have less of a community around that element and so we don't necessarily sing in groups or listen to music in groups as much as before even nightlife clubs are closing mm. so to create experiences where we can listen to music and even clubs like they quite divided in sort of age yeah, range. genre <laughs> genre know, yeah. of music yeah exactly everyone is put i mean and i can see why from again from a marketing perspective it is a lot easier to put things mm-hmm. and people into boxes mm-hmm. you can compartmentalize everything subcategorize everything mm-hmm. and go okay so I'm an emo, these are my people, and this is my community, and then you feel great, but, mm-hmm. but then there's a whole world of other communities out there that you've, you're not going to get to know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very much like that. If you look at London as a map, you've got, especially South London, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's a huge South American population mm-hmm. just in Lambeth alone. There's an area in Stockwell, which is known as Little Portugal. I mean, yeah. there's, there's the, most of my, my neighbours are Bolivian and Brazilian, 
and and it's you know I've, I've learned a lot more Spanish since I've been living here in Portuguese, which is great. But the the music kind of feeds into all of that, and as as does the food as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just music, but it's culture mm -hmm. and those shared cultures. I think the you know London is a melting pot compared to other places in the UK, particularly. But but the more we can bring people together, whatever it is, whether it's music or food or or stories or you know art, I think there's there's so many other elements to it. You did serve food at the Christmas estates. <laughs> we did well. We, the Christmas estates tour is a funny one because we so we work with the, our hosts. We call it the, the actual hosts mm -hmm. are the estates themselves. Okay, cool. So we'll work with local resident associations, or mm -hmm. there'll be like a, a tenants association that is kind of in charge. They'll unlock the community centre or the church hall or whatever venue that we've got access mm -hmm. to, and sometimes they'll put on a spread. Sometimes wow. they won't. <laughs> it's, it's you never know what you're going to get. But we have also we've been really lucky to something that I've really enjoyed in terms of being a part of the communities, connecting with some local independent businesses. Mm -hmm. And in the summer estates tour last year, we ended up doing a collaboration with Brixton Brewery. So we we got our own Ooh. beer, which was amazing, <laughs> and we were giving it out for free and to people. I mean, obviously had to be above age oh, yeah. uh, but we also did a collab with another smaller company called the lazy scientist who's a, a local hot sauce maker wow and he did us a hot sauce that was limited edition you could only get it on the summer tour we even partnered with in fact you might know them down the road of minus 12 degrees uh okay. ice cream seller they've they're in Hernhill hill station and they've also got a little coffee shop on Railton Road mm -hmm. called Koala Coffee. We did a limited edition ice cream flavour. Wow. And, and it, basically the donations of that ice cream went to BCO. So it was great promotion. Mm -hmm. It was also something really fun to do that we were then using our audience because we, we have this kind of big footfall every six months mm -hmm. to shout about these local independent businesses and drive some more people to them. But in the same way, they would also drive some donations to the charity of BCO. And yeah, it just felt like everyone wins. And it, again, it was really nice seeing that that community connectivity so how do you really embed the orchestra into the community well so the summer and christmas estates tours are our like i said the, our flagship mm -hmm. sort of projects that really are about the community but we're always trying to do other things we're always partnering with other charities we're, we're speaking to a local charity that's putting on an, an art gallery for asylum seekers coming up in march wow. uh, which will all be in brixton so we want to do something with music and charity and, and the thing there's there's so many things that we can do and, and the more that we do within the community the more opportunities open up and mm -hmm. people come up to us like yourself at, at the end of a gig and go oh God, that was that was amazing <laughs> like how can we work together and part, part of my job is finding a way mm -hmm. to, to the, that works for everyone that you know whether it's sort of just shouting about a, mm -hmm. a good cause and driving some awareness or or actually partnering with a, a bigger charity sometimes or a bigger venue you know Brixton House Theatre's just opened in the last year we've been talking to them for some time and we're slowly but surely getting somewhere with doing something there which would be an amazing place to call home um, but there's yeah there's there's so many ways we embed in the community whether it's through the community centres and the churches and, and the mm -hmm. actual estates through the businesses mm -hmm. um or through random pop-up gigs as well. We played, you know, at Christmas, I can't remember how many pop-up gigs we did on people's streets and on the high street, kind of right outside Brixton Station in Brixton Village. We have a kind of five, six-piece marching band that's very mobile, so we can kind of go around and do these smaller pocket gigs. And we even played down the road in a, a few pubs on Christmas Eve <laughs> Eve and brought some Christmas cheer. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, I think that, I think all of that amounts to this mm -hmm. big feeling and sense of community. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me a bit about the recent Christmas Estates tour? 
Yes, I can tell you that it was the biggest and best estates tour we've done yet. Wow. <laughs> Which is good news. It's supported heavily by the Arts Council England, mm-hmm. who have been supporting us for the last three years, I think which is amazing we couldn't do it without them I mean the crazy thing is to do something like this for free it's 12 shows across 12 estates how many people in each orchestra 25 piece orchestra wow plus guest vocalists everyone gets paid mm-hmm. we're talking two and a half grand per show we yeah. do two shows per day we do 12 shows in total it adds up very yeah. quickly it adds up plus marketing costs and you know a bit of advertising very small amounts but mm-hmm. but we, we have to get the funding and it's yeah it's 30 grand a tour so so combined that's 60 grand a year Mm -hmm. and in order to keep that free which is our one of our biggest charitable Mm -hmm. aims we never want to charge for these gigs this is about opening doors and and breaking down barriers to music and to orchestral music for the community so yeah the arts council england have been our biggest supporter we get a bit of funding from lambeth council and in the most recent year or two we've had brixton brewery as our sort of first official brand, sort of brand collab. To collab yeah <laughs> and they're they're amazing we love them so much they're they're so very brixton and and again they they just want to support us to be able to do other cool things so mm-hmm. um you know if it's as simple as sort of providing some free drinks or or sticking their logo on some events that we can then afford to do there's a lot of the community events that come to us can't afford to pay us and, okay. and I think there's we have the kind of a community rate, which is our very most affordable rate, where mm-hmm. our musicians will take a, a, a smaller cut, but it's mm-hmm. all agreed up front, and because they want to do this, it's all, yeah. they're, they're all they've, they've had full buy-in that this is a charitable cause, that we are a charity, we're a non-for-profit, mm-hmm. all the money goes back into the community, but the musicians mm-hmm. do still get paid. However, if we get these commercial or corporate offers that come in which we have done now, some, some yeah. really cool stuff. We got to play Glastonbury last year, which was wow. epic. And, uh, and we did a few sort of big corporate gigs around Christmas because people want an orchestra. And, and all those corporate gigs, we charge more, the musicians get paid more, but it also means that we get a bit more profit, which means we can afford to do more free mm-hmm. concerts for the community. So, I mean, there was one show we did last year at the the Bay Tree Centre, which is a charity for young, it's kind of like young career advisors. And they were doing like a big career day driver to try and get more people to mm-hmm. help sort out their CVs. And they didn't have any budget, but they really wanted to partner with us. And we found the money because of the support we get from Brixton Brewery and some other events. And also a huge part of it is from local donors. Mm-hmm. We get donations from people all over the town and, and people come to the shows. We don't, everything's free, but for those who can afford to pay, mm-hmm. we do invite everyone to to make a small donation and Mm -hmm. every little helps and it all goes straight back into the community wow what impact can you see that the music has on loneliness and on the community in general i think the easiest way to to kind of prove that the project certainly that the estates tours has serious impact Mm -hmm. is that every year the audiences get bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and the demand gets more and more when we first started doing the Christmas Estates tour, we had 20 people. Uh, that was probably a good show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now some of the shows we have up to 200 people. Oh. And it's, we've, we're still a fairly young charity. To be where we're at now, at this stage in our life cycle, you know, four years, going into our fifth year as, as a registered charity, that's still pretty young. And, and it's, it's only shown really good growth. And I know it's not all about that, but that does show that the impact is real that we can mm-hmm. actually see it and especially now when you see young musicians coming back and a lot of the rappers that we get to work with once they come come to one show and they get on the mic and you can see them really nerve-wracking but then they get up there and they do it and it's like 
something's just like changed their life and they come back every year and they bring their mates mm -hmm. and now it's got to a point where we've had to put on special sort of one-off grime orchestrated shows because we get so many rappers particularly at certain different estates that it's kind of spread like a wildfire and a bit of a mad takeover but lots of fun have you ever done any music videos have they we're, ever requested you know what <laughs> well we're, it's funny you say that we're actually on the cusp of recording our first ever album and we want to do a, it's a grime orchestrated album and this yeah. is a project that's, that's really close to my heart because this is something that i think got me into it in, mm -hmm. the, in the first stage we've been doing a lot of covers we've got probably close to 20 25 pieces of classic grime beats mm -hmm. i guess you could call them that have been fully orchestrated mm -hmm. so they're beats that, that to your ear you might recognize them. We go oh yeah i know that one mm -hmm. And, and the rappers can, can rap whatever they want over that, so mm -hmm. lots of freestyles. What we want to do now, when we've started doing in the last year, is taking some classical music, some lesser-known classical pieces, taking that main motif, mm -hmm. flipping it on its head, and creating an original grime beat that's got classical music embedded in it. Okay. And uh, Matthew, the conductor, his kind of, I guess his vision is that once we have this album of original grime instrumentals, mm -hmm. that, that we'll release that for free. That will be out there on the internet and we mm -hmm. can have, there'll be kids in playgrounds playing classical music on their phone in the, you know, just wrapping sort of wrapping it, it uh, yeah, at lunchtime. And, and that's a great way to embed in the community, but also to inspire and instill classical music or mm -hmm. orchestral music, should we say, to an audience that otherwise would completely shun it mm -hmm. and would just never even dare go near it. And now they're embracing it in, in a way that's on their terms. I really like this combination of genres of music i think kano paid at the royal albert hall with a full piece he did band and yeah. that was amazing were you at that show that i was... wasn't at that show i went to the one in brighton oh he i mean he's you know some of our musicians play with kano okay. as well there's um a, yeah a, a trombone player called nathaniel uh who's played with us for a couple of years he's he's now too big for bco he's, oh, he's, oh no he's graduated to full-time <laughs> session musician he's what he's one of kano's main men um, um, so he plays with them wherever he goes. A lot of our other players have played with Bastille. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them were with Ed Sheeran at the Brits mm -hmm. last year. Uh, and, and I guess that's another great thing is that these musicians, because they're young professional musicians, mm -hmm. they're, they've, they're, all, they're all hustlers. They don't just play with BCO. Yeah. They'll play you know, whatever gigs they can get. But mm -hmm. Brixton Chamber Orchestra gives them a really unique experience that they can then kind of use that as a stepping stone to go into whichever direction they want so mm -hmm. some of them do go in, in a very classical route and want to get a chair in a mm -hmm. official orchestra and, and a lot of our black musicians end up playing with chineke orchestra which oh, is yeah. which is amazing and that's you know that's that's a very different project but um and very much a classical orchestra mm -hmm. but then at the same time we've had a lot of musicians that are more into their pop or grime mm -hmm. or rap or whatever it is and, and they want to use bco as a platform and a stepping stone to then prove that they've got the classical chops mm -hmm. but they can at least they can also throw down on on a track that's completely out of many musicians comfort zones mm -hmm. hearing the, that mashup of music there's nothing like it just to keep people on their toes mm -hmm. there's i think one member last it was in the summer last year a member of the audience said and i just love this they summed it up really well if you i come for the music i know and i uh, you come for the music you know and you stay for the music you don't that's it and i was like that's yeah that's a really open-minded way i wish more people thought about <laughs> things like that but yeah if once you've seen brixton chamber orchestra once you do realize you're like okay i'm, I'm definitely going to learn something I'm not going to learn something. I'm, that's not the reason mm -hmm. I'm going. I'm going to enjoy some live music. But I also kind of, I, I want to I want to see something or hear something that I wasn't expecting to. And like we took like a 16th century poker and put a drill drum beat over the top of it. And, <laughs> and again, you just see people that are really like digging it. And, and then they're just this halfway through this piece of music. It's completely flipped. And 
there's this sort of shock and awe that is yeah it's, it's hard to explain it without experiencing it live for yourself what is it about music that you think helps people feel connected <sighs> i don't know i'm biased because i'm a musician so i've 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 always loved music but since i was a kid my parents musicians it runs in the mm -hmm. blood but equally saying that there's very few people i, I don't know anyone that doesn't love music mm -hmm. and i, I there must be someone out there that just go, I don't like music. No, <laughs> that's noise. All I doesn't understand. I don't, I think you don't have to understand music to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's one of the big key parts of it. I think there's always a way to find something that someone likes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really exciting challenge for Brixton Chamber Orchestra mm -hmm. is to create these varied set lists of music that ebbs and flows and mm -hmm. keeps people guessing and keeps them on their toes but also keeps them engaged mm -hmm. and, and I think that's also quite a tricky tricky thing especially when you're playing music that could quite easily scare people away sometimes mm -hmm. particularly if it's classical music to a grime audience or grime mm -hmm. music to a classical mm -hmm. audience you know you think of these these are two polar opposite genres but actually there's a huge parallel of connections between those mm -hmm. two genres in terms of the sounds the instrumentation even down to the actual the melodies and the, the harmonies and chords you'd be surprised how many similarities there are which is why it works so well what we do best is almost sort of breaking that down so in layman's terms you don't need to understand music mm -hmm. to understand that you enjoy it mm -hmm. so yeah i mean how how does music bring people together it, it, i think isn't it also a shared experience everybody no matter where they're from, who they are, what age they are, we're all listening to the same music and enjoying it at the same time. Yeah, li I think that's for live music particularly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Li live music is best ex experienced together. Mm -hmm. And that could even be at a festival where you go off on your own, you leave your mates behind, mm -hmm. and you experience a band that only you wanted to see, but you're still there with thousands of other people mm -hmm. all experiencing this thing together. You might not know anyone around you. So there's, like, there's different levels of connectivity. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, and you can have a very solo experience with music that could be almost like spiritual mm -hmm. in some ways. And that still connects you. So even if you're listening to music on your own, on headphones, on Spotify, you're listening to another human being create some music. And mm -hmm. then you've got a connection with that artist. Mm -hmm. And that's a connection. So that connection can be one to one. It can be one to many. It could be one to thousands. But it's always a connection. There's that music is the connection between humans, I think. I can't remember who said that music is food for the soul. Food for the soul, yeah. And what's the other... I've got another favourite one. Is it without music, life would be pointless? Or like, who said that? I think it's like Nietzsche or something. It's one, <laughs> it's one of those fancy old ones. But yeah, I, 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 I can't imagine living without music. It's one of those, one of those horrible thoughts. You know, would, what would you rather, lose your sight or lose your hearing? And it's just like, God, like, obviously you wouldn't want to lose either. Mm. But I can't imagine a life without music. I just can't. So in terms of Brixton Chamber Orchestra, you've just completed the Christmas Estates tour. Mm -hmm. What are the next steps for the orchestra in 2023? 2023, <laughs> yeah, here we are. Well, we yeah, so we've got our first gig of the year uh, is in Brixton at Hootenanny. We are doing uh, a, a special grime orchestrated show, which we did last year and it sold out. So we've got to do it again. 
Um, when? It's, uh, <laughs> it's 9th of March. Okay. I think it's a Thursday night. Tickets are on sale now. If you have a look on brickschamber.com or, or any of our social media, just, just search for Bricks Chamber or Brixton Chamber mm-hmm. Orchestra. It is an outrageous show. It's a very, very different environment for an orchestra to be in. It's a 17-piece orchestra with as many guest vocalists as we can chuck on the stage. There's wow. usually two or three kind of headline artists. Mm-hmm. And this time we want to do a whole set of original material last year we did loads of classic bangers and mm-hmm. and it, it got wild very quickly <laughs> uh, you can see some videos on our youtube and it is it is really Ooh. it's a hot sweaty rave with a 17 piece orchestra and it's it's like nothing else <laughs> there, there really is nothing else and it's that's the show that we took to glastonbury last year wow and played five different shows on three different stages and it's again it translates so well to hear that music mm-hmm. live with an orchestra so that's our first gig of the year and as i've mentioned before we're trying to turn that into an album so we are recording okay. we have a project fund that we won last year with pirate studios so we oh, have yeah, yeah, done some dj lessons there at you pirate go studios. they're great yeah we're, we're big fans they came to our grime orchestrate gig last year and off the back of that we, we we won this project fund which means we've got free recording studio time until june wow. so we've got a deadline to get this album written and recorded but we will also be looking for a bigger space to record the full orchestra mm-hmm. to kind of get that the, the final mix down and then yeah festivals more summer estates tour it's also the 75th anniversary of the Windrush generation this year. Oh, wow. So okay. I think there's going to be some, some opportunities there for, to do some stuff, particularly in Brixton and in Lambeth. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting time to ask what's up, what's coming up next year, because there are so many things I'd love to tell you about. I almost don't want to tempt fate. One I can mention is that last October we played our first show at the Ritzy Cinema and we did a film cool. in concert for Halloween. And it was spooky and amazing and we yeah we took took out the front row of screen one we put on a black and white silent movie called vampire or vampire and we wrote an original score it's 70 minutes we also did a, a piece from an old disney fantasia piece and something else for kids we had six schools in the area that we came and did a free matinee show so again that's another way we embed in communities okay. kind of youth and education that way and then a ticketed show in the evening it was one night only and it was such a success that the ritzy have asked us to do it again wow. and they want us to do maybe two or three this year so it's undecided what those films will be or when they will be but yeah Interesting. keep keep your eyes peeled around brixton and you'll um yeah you'll and do you out. ever do i know you said that there's quite a big I'm mean, the Colombian near where I live community and mm. Latin American community in Brixton and South London do you ever do Colombian music or Latin American music absolutely yeah okay. we love samba Brazilian I think that the Latin music is just mm-hmm. again it translates so well to the orchestra in fact we had an after party after our Christmas dates tour at a bar called Tia Maria which is just down oh in I've been there yeah <laughs> it's next door to the last the last venue we played on our estates tour at Christmas was Wheatsheaf Hall which is next door mm-hmm. beautiful venue perfect for an orchestra and then we went to this Brazilian bar and it was mm-hmm. the same day as the World Cup final so they were all rooting for Argentina <laughs> and it turned into a huge party and there was live music and half the musicians including your sister got up on stage <laughs> and ended up having a big Latino orchestral jazz jam wow and it was it was amazing so yeah we'd love to do more of that uh, and I think when there is opportunity to do it I mean there's there's so many projects we'd love to do the hardest part is getting the funding so mm-hmm. we've, we've got a big gospel orchestra project in the pipeline wow. uh, there's a big Latin thing we want to do we've also got this disco orchestrated project which is actually probably the most likely to, to get off the ground this year in terms of funding but each of these projects costs a lot of money to, to, yeah. to make happen. So at this time of the year, right now, at the kind of the first three months, 
we just get our heads down and it's applying for funding and reaching out to sponsors and mm -hmm. trying to raise donations so that we know what we can afford to actually do mm -hmm. for the rest of this year um so yeah all will be revealed but <laughs> all all donations welcome and very exciting yeah. yeah i'll put a link to <laughs> your website and the donations page thank you in this podcast <laughs> so we always end every episode with two questions and the last two questions are when did you last feel lonely oh okay i would say probably when i became a freelancer i i took the leap in 2019 six months before the lockdown wow <laughs> yeah great timing but i just and, and as much as it was invigorating at the time it, it was very it was like a jump into the deep end and it was very isolating to begin with because i i was starting from scratch uh, and i'd had these experiences working for these great companies building businesses with friends and, and having these communities of, of you know friendship groups and, and work colleagues and i went from all of that to just little old me on my own working from home or from the occasional coffee shop and I think when you're especially working remotely on a laptop with headphones in even if you're surrounded by people in the coffee shop no one is connected to each other you're all there doing your own thing and so yeah that first three to six months was really quite quite lonely and and I guess I, I must have just gotten lucky because I got enough clients to see me through just before mm -hmm. the lockdown kicked in so I, I then had this sort of I guess this ecosystem of people that I was working with mm -hmm. daily and now I feel very lucky to be with Brixton Chamber Orchestra because it's a huge community of musicians and the community themselves the people from the estates that I get to speak with and get to build relationships with people like yourself but yeah in terms of the last time I felt lonely I think for a long period of time 2019 yeah becoming a freelancer that's a scary move <laughs> <laughs> but highly recommended if anyone's out there listening do it <laughs> and what advice would you give to someone to help them feel more connected use social media with care okay and i mean carefully as in it's very easy to suck you in and spit you out and make you feel can we swear on this yeah like shit <laughs> um it's you know especially at this time of year or kind of you know the end of year where you see everyone's posting about how great their year's been and this, that, and the other. And you can just kind of, you can see it all and it gets very overwhelming. But at the same time, I, you know, I come from a background of, of having to, having had to use social media in my career mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's made my career. I've made so many connections and met so many amazing people. And, and a lot of it comes from actually just reaching out mm -hmm. and all social media is, is a tool for being able to reach out to people that you might otherwise not have been able to reach mm -hmm. out to. And, and used in the right way, it is the most amazing thing. And, and I think that would be my best advice uh, is just to reach out to people mm -hmm. and, and don't feel afraid. I think, you know, don't, it's, it's easier said than done. But if, you're, if you just send messages out to people, it's, I guess it's like a numbers game, isn't it? I mean, you, you see it in the dating pool of Tinder and, <laughs> and Hitch and all these apps. But if you play the numbers game, eventually enough people are going <laughs> to come back to you. And, and actually, you don't have to do that for very long because you start to make, build some really, really good connections. And before you know it, you've, you've got a circle of people that you can really count on. I think, yeah, building a team. You hear this all the time, don't you? Build your team. And I think that's just a team of friends, mm -hmm. family, people that you can rely on and radiators, not drains. Yeah, my sister loves that expression. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. If you can curate and consciously use social media, it can be a really great place of inspiration i've started following mm. like positive 
I don't know, monks, yeah. musicians, yeah. Um, orchestras. And yeah, then you, when you look at your feed, it's actually a really inspiring mm. place where you can learn things or you can find out about events, meet people who are interested in the same things as you. Yeah, it's. I think just the same with any any form of technology. Really, can mm-hmm. be used for good or for bad. It's true, and, and that's <laughs> it. So yeah, you handle with care. But I, I think the best advice I would say would be to yeah embrace it mm-hmm. and embrace change and reach out to people. Thank you, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been really interesting. Thanks. All right, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.